Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome back to Conspiranormal. I'm your host, Adam Sane, with my co-host, Luke Two Metal for the Devil Reed. <laughs> and uh, we have a uh, we have somebody here tonight. Yeah. Chris! I know, right? He's in the house. Yep, I'm back. What's going on, Chris? How you been? Oh, you know me. Just getting in trouble, as usual. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Well, tonight we don't have too much time because we need to call our guest here in about like two, three minutes, but... Uh, I'm going to have a uh, special guest on tonight, someone that uh, influenced me in the podcast field a long time ago in a show called World of the Unexplained. His name is Jay Scott Smith. But uh, when we come back from that interview, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, Ghostland Tennessee, which is the Tennessee Wraith Chasers show that premiered last night, and just uh, anything else that we want to talk about. So uh, we will be back on Conspiranormal here after the interview. Okay, and we are back on Conspiranormal. This is your host, Adam Sane. Your co-host, as always. And the great... The guy who shows up, Chris. MC Alpine. <laughs> All right. The guy on the couch. You had to throw that one out. <laughs> well, uh, tonight we have a very special guest. Um, he was the main host of a show called World of the Unexplained that was on... I've, was on, I believe. Well, I started listening to it around 2006, and I believe it was on around about 2005, and ended around about around 2008, 2009 era. And also, he was the host of uh, Third Rail Radio, which was a political kind of a political talk show. Uh, but World of the Unexplained was a supernatural show, uh, much like uh, we are, and they talked about supernatural conspiracy theories. And uh, it was one of those shows that really inspired me to do this podcast. And uh, I would call into this show quite a lot and talk to these guys. Um, and so I want to just introduce uh, Jay Scott Smith from uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Welcome well, to the show. The show. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. <clears throat> I, I hate that, uh, like we were talking off air a little bit ago, I hate that uh, Trent Lackey, my co-host, couldn't be available tonight uh, he, he was really looking forward to it but things came up and he's just unavailable but uh, thanks a lot for having me on tonight guys i appreciate it hey thanks for coming on uh, 
J. Scott, if you can uh, kind of give us, like, I kind of gave a little bit of summary of World of the Unexplained, but if you can kind of, you know, tell us about your experiences and uh, how you started the radio show and, uh, you know, what it is that inspired you. Well, you know, I'll start with the, the cheesy tagline that everybody talks about, you know, and these kind of things. It's, it's kind of a, um, it, it kind of comes with the territory of, when I was a small child, I was fascinated by the paranormal. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we all have our experiences. Uh, Trent was also... Uh, I've known Trent, a lot of people don't know this, I've known Trent since kindergarten, and uh, we, we've been best friends for forever, I mean, our whole lives now, I'm, you know, I'll be 37 this year, so uh, it's been a, been quite a, you know, I've known him basically since I was, you know, probably, I don't know, what, five, six years old when you're in, you know, 30 years, <laughs> so um, we uh, we both shared an interest in it, and we, we were the, we were the weirdo kids that used to get the library books on vampires and werewolves and things like that when we were in sixth grade and seventh grade, <laughs> you know? Kind of like a, a, a early version of I don't know if you guys are familiar with the movie The Monster Squad. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, we were familiar kind of with it. Never seen it, but you've never seen oh, it. It's a classic, man. You've got to see Monster Squad. <laughs> it's a cheesy movie. It's very campy, but it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I've actually got a copy of it when they re-released it. It's, I think it was its 20th anniversary or something crazy like that. You got it on like and Blu-ray. I, <laughs> like what? You got it on Blu-ray. Oh yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, and on beta disc. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you know, it was the same kind of deal. I mean, we were both interested in it. Um, we met a lot of people along the way. Uh, the, the person that got me invested in the idea of a radio show is a man who is uh, so sadly not with us anymore today. He died from cancer, I believe, around uh, 2004 or leukemia. I'm, I'm not sure, exactly sure. I don't know all the details. But you can Google him. His name was Lou Gentilly. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Lou. Yeah, I'm familiar with him. Okay. Lou, uh, I was listening to his show because he had such a great, great, great show about the DeFeos and the whole Amityville horror, and, and he knew, he was a good friend of John Zappas, who's a friend of mine. I know y'all are probably familiar from him, uh, mainly for his work on Honey Collector, the show that he has now. But uh, John, uh, basically, John is uh, John Zappas is actually Lorraine and Ed Warren's nephew. And, you know, Ed and Lorraine Warren were the original investigators of the Amityville house. I don't know how familiar you guys are with, with that that legend, but... Yeah, we had another guest that was all about yeah. it. We had on a guy named uh, Tim Yancey. Uh, he was a friend with um, with George Lutz. Okay, and, okay. Uh, yeah, so you knew, know the Lutzes and the DeFeos yeah. and the whole the story. Yeah. Well, basically, uh, I listened. They had a really, really good... Lou had a really, really good show on that, and he... I mean, he, he uncovered a lot of stuff, and he even had, um, he even had like, uh, someone that was, was claiming to be speaking with uh, Mr. DeFeo in prison, and all kinds of crazy stuff went down. I don't even know if you can you can get those podcasts anymore, but uh, Lou was a, you know, I called him up several times to, you know, talk to him when I was in college, and I said, you know what, I, I went to Guilford College, that was my alma mater, that's in Greensboro, North Carolina, it's a small, uh, small private liberal arts college. And that was back. That was back in the day when I was a kind of a pseudo hippie and very, very, very liberal guy. So I was, you know, totally into social justice and all these fairy tales that we don't believe in anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> at the time, I was, you know, 100% consumed by it because that's what the these uh, jaded professors teach you to, you know, the way they mold you to think. So <laughs> um, basically, though, I was there, and we had a um, our radio station WQFS. 
is probably one of the larger college radio stations out there because we, we had, I can't remember the wattage on it, but it's something really big. You can hear the thing 30 miles away, and it's an FM station. I want to say it's, God, what's the wattage on that thing? I know it's over 1,000 watts, I'm sure. It's a huge station, though, for college campus. And I said, you know what? I want to do a, a talk show, a paranormal talk show. And I want to do it for school credit because I was an English major with a communications minor. I took it to my advisor, told him what I wanted to do. He approved it. And uh, I started a weekly broadcast. Well, the problem was we didn't have any kind of equipment there to, you know, to get phone calls in or, or to, uh, you know, to... to silence people if they said something bad that the FCC wouldn't like very much. So what, we, what I had to do is I had to pre-record all my shows. And this, this is back. You guys you guys remember, you know, tape recorders, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> At least I do, yeah. Yeah, Adam, Adam more than me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the well, anyway, old guy in this group. Yeah. Well, anyway, the, the tape recorders I'd have What's to up? use, and Radio Shack at the time made this device you could plug into your home telephone. So I would call people up on the phone, and just I would have this device from Radio Shack plugged into a small micro cassette recorder, and that's the way I did it. I would play it on that, and I would take the tape, and I would I would put it on the computer, and I'd make a CD of it, and then I'd take the CD in, and I would just play the CD during my show spot. So that's what started, and that was called uh, you know that was called Jay Scott's World of the Unexplained, and that started around 2001, 2002, somewhere around in there when I was in college. Well, then I made the mistake of going to law school. That's a whole other story. So, um, yeah, what does what does one do with a, a a liberal arts degree in English other than teach or be a doctor or a lawyer, right? At least that was my thoughts at the time. So, uh, went to law school, <clears throat> did that for a brutal two and a half years. I did it in two and a half instead of three, and uh, earned my juris doctor degree. And I thought when I was in my last year of law school, I said, you know what? I'd heard these guys. I heard of these guys called Ghostly Talk. Well, yeah. I've heard their show, you know, you're familiar with Scott L. and oh, yeah. Doug, you know, and I'm like, I can do a better job than that. <laughs> At least I thought so in my mind, because I didn't think anybody got any really good guests. And that was my big complaint. That, that's generally my big complaint of most shows now. Is I just don't think they get good enough guests. So I set out to, to do that and to curb that. And I told Trent about it. And Trent said, oh, this is, this is just another one of your pipe dreams. You know, we can't do this over the Internet. It's not possible. I'm like, well, these guys are doing it over the Internet. I said, I think we can do it over the Internet. So with that, we started talking about it. I bought a bunch of equipment, and since I was a musician before, I didn't really know anything about Skype or any, you know, I had to research this pretty pretty thoroughly. Um, but, you know, I made up a website using, like, I think I used Front Page 97 back then. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it looked kind of cheesy. but <laughs> now, I, could, I, I can't build a website today. I can't do it. I just can't do it. So, um I built a website and put up the. Uh, we rented some servers and we uh, we went live with it. We started with a, I don't know, probably eight or nine listeners in the beginning, and then it grew and it grew and it grew, and we started adding radio stations to the mix and uh, all kinds of other things. And then uh, eventually, over time, you know, we uh, I got too busy, and you know, Trent's got two twins right now. He just had a boy and a girl, um, and you know, you know, life caught up with us. But uh, that's basically as far as the story of, the, of that show goes. I mean, it, as far as some of the guests that we've had on, I think my one of my favorites was, um, I don't know how familiar all of you are with the show. I know that, uh, you know, Adam is, obviously. But the, uh, the vampire, the high-gate vampire stuff. 
Yeah, that was uh, that was uh, very interesting. You, in fact, you had two guys on that uh, that uh, were kind of like at odds with each other over the whole thing. Oh, it was great. <laughs> you guys like actually sparked controversy. Well, what, what's going on? Now, what, what was it with the Highgate? What's the story behind the Highgate vampire? Well, there's two guys involved, one, and, and they used to be friends, apparently. Yeah. Um, David Ferrant, he was uh, one of the guys, and the other guy was Bishop Sean Manchester. And Bishop Manchester claims to have actually staked a real live vampire in the heart and saw it disintegrate in front of his eyes. <laughs> and I said, man, that is amazing. I have got to have this guy on. <laughs> yes! <laughs> That's how we are with our guests, too. Yeah. Like the wizard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm still yet to do. And it sucks that we lost the show from our last guest. Yeah, it does. <laughs> we'll talk about more about that later. But we're going to try to get him back. So Yeah. You need to. You need to. But uh, that's the reason I got him on. And then David Ferrant, he went to jail for for all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, involving that cemetery and, and, and some other stuff. He told us about it. Staking vampires, probably. Yeah, they, well, they, they, I think I can't remember what they arrested him for. It's in the interview, uh, but it was something to do with <clears throat> it was something to do with voodoo or something. And he's like, which I of course did, you know. <laughs> we just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> but uh, those guys were, you know, that, that was a, that was a really fun, uh, a really fun show. Really, both of those interviews were good. David Ferrant came on and, and talked to us. Um, he, he talked to us live because, you know, that's a problem. A lot of times we get British people on is is, you know, the time zone difference because, yeah. you know, it's late over there. And we're very fortunate to have had guys that would that would show up because, you know, we, like the the guy that said we never went to the moon, I can't remember his name right now. <laughs> the British guy said, you know, yeah. we never actually went to the moon. He says it's a conspiracy. So he's over on English time. So getting him lined up, it was, you know, he's really tired. Same way with David Ferrant, you know, he came on in a weird hour. Um, Bishop Manchester would not do it. He would only agree to a pre-recorded interview. So that's what we did. But, he was uh, kind of a weird-looking guy, too, man. He looked like somebody out of, like, a Hammer movie. Oh, yeah, man. 70s. Great stuff. <laughs> if anybody staked a vampire, it was that dude. <laughs> I would say that. If he had, like, a, he had like, a full-on fro going on. and <laughs> He's a time traveler on top of that. <laughs> Sounds like someone be. else we know. <laughs> but uh, so, that, that was a fun one. Uh you know, we had we had other weird ones like uh, what was that guy, Chris, uh, Chris something, the guy that said that uh, he sued uh, David Copperfield, saying he had stole his magical powers. Yeah, and he got, <laughs> he gotten he gotten Celine Dion pregnant. Like he was, <laughs> yeah. she was having his like reptilian love child or something. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I can't remember his name, but apparently that that was a fun one. Some of our listeners actually emailed us and they were like. I can't believe y'all sank to this level. <laughs> y'all must not have been listening to the show that long. <laughs> I can only hope to sink to that level on this show. Yeah. <laughs> I want to meet these people face to face. You need to give me that guy's email. <laughs> I'll try to find it. I'll shoot it to you. <laughs> well, my favorite. I remember listening to that. I remember listening to that show. My favorite part was like uh, you, you said something. Now, like, are are you like um, you know are are you like mentally ill? And he's like, oh oh yeah, I'm totally crazy. <laughs> well, just admitted it. You know what was going on, right? <laughs> uh, there was a, there was another good guest that you that you used to have um, that uh, always kind of just made me really laugh, and that was uh, that was Rich Anders. Oh, Rich, 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 Rich is a, a crazy guy. He's 
he's he's very funny. He's uh, a lot of nights. I mean, he would he would just make the show, just the stuff that he would, you know, the stuff he'd say. You know, it was just real sporadic, and he none of this was scripted. You know, all of it was live, and he could just come up with some some wild, you know, wild ideas. But uh, he was fun. He always talked about watching Dancing with the Stars. I don't know if you remember yeah. that. <laughs> there was a <laughs> show that you guys Dancing did. Dancing with the Stars. There's like, a okay. show that you guys did where you were interviewing him, and he was watching Dancing with the Stars at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. You ask, him awesome. a qu- you ask him a question, he's like, what? Hold on. I was yeah. watching Dancing with the Stars. Wait, <laughs> wait for a commercial. We can't, yeah, I was going to say, we couldn't get his attention until the commercial break. <laughs> sure but, you know, we've had, some, we've had some crazy guys, too. We've had some, you know, some real far-out ideas. Uh, my favorite, probably, of the really far-out stuff was the whole reptilian thing. Oh, you know, the the David Icke stuff. David Icke stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of people believe that stuff. It's just, yeah. I mean, you know, hey, I guess each his own, uh, each his own thing, but, I mean, that's, that's a little far out for me. Now, you know, some of my favorite stuff was the uh, the uh, the Nephilim stuff, the Genesis six guys. I mean, those were I always thought those were interesting. Yeah, yeah. We've had a couple of those guys on our show here. A couple? Uh, I feel like we've had several. <laughs> several? Maybe for you, you Chris. Uh, <laughs> have y'all got that uh, L.A. Marzulli on? No, we haven't had him on yet. We'd we'd like to. I'd, yeah, he that. Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural. It's a great book. Yeah, you guys were um, one of the first, uh, I remember, that that had him on, I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we, you know, Raymond Moody, that was my, I was really happy when I got him on. Yeah. Um, and we've had a lot of big names, and, um, you know, we even had the Borg Queen on, you know, I mean, that was pretty cool. Alice Cridge, for all those, you know, sci-fi fans out there. For all the Star Trek geeks. <laughs> Never really was that big in the Star Trek, so you know Chuck was like, "Oh, this is just like, you know, he he just couldn't control himself." Oh he man! Was, oh, he's like, <laughs> oh, he oh, the Borg Queen! Oh though. my gosh! <laughs> I'm like, calm down, Chuck. What was probably uh, what was probably like the best guest you ever had, and and probably like the worst that you ever had? I'm probably, probably not gonna tell you the worst on air, <laughs> but uh, you don't have I mean, to name names. We had some flops. I mean, we did. We had. Um, we had some that would come on, and it was just, uh, it was just bad, you know, bad because we would ask a question and they, they wouldn't respond. They would, you know, you would ask a long, you know, three or four part question, and they would say like yes, and that would be the end of the response. And you're like, okay, <laughs> and you know, yeah, that's about right, you know. <laughs> and you're like, okay, great, next question. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, you know, some of the more fun ones. Uh, Usually, the more fun they are, the more um, out of touch with, I guess, normal thinking. Uh, you know, you would find like uh, I can't remember the guy's name, uh, Pastor Harry, Larry, what was it? I want to say it's Pastor Harry, Church of the uh, Church of Philadelphia Online, or something like that. He, he was the guy that, that burnt effigies of Santa Claus at Christmas. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Pastor Harry, I think that was his name. He was fun. Uh, and then uh, the, the guy that, that did the UFOs, the uh, <clears throat> uh, Prophet Yahweh. He was also yes. one of the more, more creative. And, and dude, uh, did you see that video? Did you ever see that video from him on the newscast? Yeah. You need to I Google think, that. I found it the other day. I think, I was Luke, I think you've seen that. 
Seen what? I'm sorry. I think Luke may have seen that too. What, I, uh, I can't explain it. I still can't explain it. The Prophet Yahweh is this guy that's in uh, Las Vegas, and uh, yeah. he's kind of like this. Um, what are they like? Like black Jews, basically, kind of what they consider themselves. Yeah. And uh, so they go by those kind of names like Yahweh and all that kind of stuff. And he claimed that he could um, produce UFOs from nowhere. And he and, did. And, and there was there was an actual newscast that you know that he was on, and they they had him produce a UFO, and you would actually see something shining in the sky. So he, so people have theorized that possibly somebody was like releasing balloons or something. They they did look like white balloons. They looked like white weather balloons, kind of, but. Just the fact that he could make it happen on demand like that, and there was nothing yeah. around that anyone could see was, uh, you know, that was the startling part. I mean, even the news guy who thought it wasn't going to be a story, he's calling his producer going, you're never going to believe this. <laughs> <laughs> so, he did it. Did he ever explain how? Uh, he did on our show and on other shows. He talked about, you know, how he just says this prayer, apparently, and, and they come down. I don't remember all the, you know, you have to understand this. Years and years ago, when we when we did the interview. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think uh, Chris's mind is getting blown over here. I just kind of want to know why you would just want to summon UFOs. <laughs> I mean, if if you could, wouldn't you want to show someone you could do it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you I know, he, he, did, he he made some prediction that he was going to do it in downtown Las Vegas, I think, on the Strip or something, um, and he was going to do it on a certain day, and apparently that that fell through. It that never ever. Yeah. He said people would be able to see them and. They would come around and, you know, all kinds of things like that. I mean, but, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, if I could summon UFOs at will, I guess it would be useful in, I don't know, picking up chicks or something. Just, I oh, yeah. Do it. <laughs> or just, like, hey, look what I can wow. do. You know, I'd be, you know, go mess with the Scientology people. Hey, <laughs> look what I can do. Oh, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Not the Scientology people. <laughs> yeah, Ron Hubbard's communicating with me. I'm the new Pope of Scientology. <laughs> Kiss the rings. <laughs> Your thetan levels are too high. That's right. Uh, what do you uh, What do you guys think about the new pope? Or the, the not the new pope, but the the old the, pope getting ready to step down. The pope resigning. Yeah. Uh, we can't make any more Star Wars jokes. Well, I think that something. I think something happened today or yesterday where they're saying a cardinal had resigned. Yes. Over. Uh, I don't know. Was over it about allegation, sexual abuse? allegations that he had sexually abused four men trained to become priests? Yeah. Oh wow! No, so I haven't talked to news today, and I'm usually a news junkie, but I've been in trial all day, so I haven't haven't done anything at all. But that that's crazy. To explain to everyone, um, Jay Scott is a lawyer. So yeah, I, I, just we got, I think we got that during the law school thing. <laughs> Just to make sure that he's not the defendant. It took me a second. To I, I, yeah, I, I, defend, I defend those charged with drinking and driving. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm that guy. I'm that. I'm that guy that, that everyone hates. You know, well, unfortunately, Luke boy. doesn't live in North Carolina. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the, the 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 thing about the Pope, though, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the um, the um, uh, prophecy or one of the, uh, I guess, one of the things that one of the old saints said, you know, the saints in the Catholic Church, had claimed that there were only going to be so many popes, 
I don't know if you, you guys are familiar Saint with Saint Malachi prophecy? I think so, yeah. And he said this next one was going to be the last one. And then at the end of it, he writes, the end. And they called the guy Peter the Roman. And the black, one of the guys, the, the black pope from, from Africa, um, they said they could make the, make the cut, be the first black pope. His name is like Peter something. I just thought that was kind yeah, of Peter Turkson, yeah. To throw it out there. <laughs> Apparently there's some other person that's named Peter as well. There we go. Uh, that's another thought, cardinal that's on the list. Hold on. I thought you didn't pick your pope name until after you were pope. Yeah, well, you don't. I mean, I don't, I don't know how the prophecy works exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know how much stock I put into that prophecy. Well, to tell I mean, the I truth. It, 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 is, it is interesting. Just that, you know, everybody's going to be looking at it now that the Pope is just, and then the Pope resigning is, um, I mean, what, it's been like 600 years? Something like that, yeah. Almost 600 <clears throat> years. And then, you know, they, they, they had the other Pope conspiracy. There's a good show for you guys, if you want to, what was the guy's name? It was in the 70s. They, uh, they claimed that a lot of people think that he had actually uh, been poisoned. Yeah, that's Pope John Paul the First. Yeah. Yes, yes. And a lot of people think he was actually poisoned. I think he was, his reign was only about a month. And there's a couple books out there that deal with some conspiratorial ideas about how that happened. I think that'd be a fun show. I would, I would chase that right now if I were, you know, if I were still doing the show. Yeah. There is someone that uh, a couple guys that's out. Well, a guy named Chris Putnam. He's been out there making the rounds. Uh, because he wrote a book, they wrote a book about the uh, whole Saint Malachi prophecy. I believe this oh, okay. was last year, and he's out, he's been out there making the rounds. We think about possibly getting him on to talk about that. I bet he really yeah. is making the rounds about now. <laughs> yeah, but he. I think he he had even uh, predicted last year that the Pope that this Pope would resign. So wow. he's actually. Uh, I think he's actually somewhere in North Carolina. I think uh. he's somewhere close to you guys. Actually, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> Well, Jay Scott, you had another show on too, um, the, uh, the third well, third rail radio. Yeah, yeah, that was with Chuck Browder, my producer from World of the Unexplained. Yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit too. Okay, well, Chuck's a the very um, more of a libertarian kind of guy. I'm more to the right of Sean Hannity, so, <laughs> 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 so we, we got along fairly well. <laughs> I made the conversion in the uh, in the Bush. Uh, the, the George W. second term, I, I wasn't a, a fan of George W. Bush, um, but uh, you know I wouldn't. I, I didn't vote for him either time. Um, <clears throat> actually, the, the last president that I've, I've actually voted for that's that's actually won the White House was Bill Clinton. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if that tells you vote. about my political choices and preferences and how they've changed over time. That's Luke's so, favorite president. Absolutely. It, well, Bill Clinton, I, you know, I, I like Bill Clinton, I, and I still tell people that. I thought he did a great job, and I thought he was he was a terrific president. And face it, he's you, you know he's you guys Ronald Reagan. You know, I mean that's that's what it is. Yeah. Um, I was I was a kid when you know when Ronald Reagan was president. I was that's the first president I remember. Well, I remember Carter, but very very briefly. Um, but Ronald Reagan's a president that I you know, grew up remembering. Yeah, same you know, here. Scary scary time in the eighties. You know with you know, movies like Red Dawn, and, you know, we really thought that the Russians were going to blow us up. I mean, that was a real fear that I had as, as a kid. You know, evil Russia and what they were going to do. I have a good friend from law school. His name is uh, Leonid. He's from Russia, and he went to law school with me. 
Um, and he talked about the same fear that, that we had of them, they had of us at the time, and we're, we're relatively close in age. So, um, but yeah, it was a very real, real threat and a very real fear. Unlike, you know, today. I mean, now you have the, the whole Muslim world on fire about, you know, you know kill the, you know, kill all the uh, non-Muslims, I guess. <laughs> well, and not all of them are like that, but I mean, just the majority of, of the, uh, the hardcore, you know, groups and the, you know, those radical Islamists, you know, kind of like those radical Christians we hear about all the time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's a different place now. It's a different world. And um, I don't know, which, which one of you guys is the liberal? That would be me. That's okay. Chris. <laughs> okay, Chris. What do you think about your president um, wanting Chris, to... Not to interrupt, but Chris has Obama shoes, by the way. Yes, I do. Does he? <laughs> I got those. I got those right after he was elected. Actually, that's just that's just so wrong. <laughs> I, I know. know. No, before I don't you even ask. Know to that. That, no, that, that, that. no, they were not free before you even asked. No. <laughs> I mean, well, <laughs> I just can't. I, I I can't come up with anything to say to that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's just wrong, man. <laughs> Anyway, what do you think about your president, uh, you know, wanting to have basically the, the death list and be able to kill any American he wants to with, with a drone without any kind of due process? See, I haven't like heard I'm anything five. about that. That's, that's no. the first I've heard anything about that. Really? Okay. Yeah, actually. Well, no, no, I have a, I have a, I, the, the, the guy that works for me has actually just graduated from law school and he's been working for me for about four years as, a, as an intern, and me and him are really good friends, and he's a liberal and I'm a conservative, and we often have political conversations. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things that he's not, he's not cool with. There's a few right. things that he's not cool with. Right, and if that, there's any legitimacy to that, then that's, you know, that's not acceptable. You know, we have, as Americans, we have the right to due process, so. Yeah, and, you know, we have the right to carry, carry firearms as well. It's the Second Amendment. You know, and a lot of, you know, the whole gun control thing that, that, that the, the Democratic Party is, has put into place, that, that frightens me. I don't want the, the only people to have guns well, well, with law enforcement. Well, you know? well, see, I have, to, I have to disagree on that. The exact wording of the Second Amendment indicates a well-regulated militia, and there's nothing regulated about being able to go to a gun show and get an AK-47 without so much as a background check. Well, I mean, it is the right to, to bear arms. Right, <laughs> but it's the right to maintain. It's the right to maintain a well-regulated militia. The key right, phrase right. in there being well-regulated, and and even if even if you know even if we did keep all of our semi-automatic and automatic firearms, whatever you know, at the very least, mental health checks need to be in place for that. There is a man who I know very closely. I know that he is n not stable. Has been to anger management twice in his life and currently is in possession of an M16 rifle, and that scares me. That scares me, too. But yeah. no, I'm all, I'm, all, I'm all in agreement with you on the mental health checks. I don't think that, you know, you know I don't, I'm not saying there shouldn't be requirements, but what I'm saying is that that right shouldn't be infringed upon just because, you know, you're trying to control Americans with fear. Right, and 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 I agree. Like, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent. You know, take everyone's take everyone's guns at all. I believe it should be it should be regulated though. You should have to pass a background check. You should have to pass a mental health check. You know, these things you know are for sure. basic I'm okay safety. With that. 
for basic safety. Your someone's right to own an AK-47 should not infringe upon my right to go out in public without fear of being shot. I agree with that. Mental health, mental health checks, background checks. I'm all in favor of this. Don't have any problem with it. Okay. Fair enough. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Common ground. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not a hardcore liberal at all. Um, I consider myself very liberal in a lot of senses, but for the most part, um, w I can use common sense to deduce what is acceptable and what isn't. You know, I think most people aren't defined. I I, I kind of hate the definition of liberal versus conservative because I think that most people really are not defined by that. You know, I would say, take what Chris just said for instance. I mean, you the can man, have the man's wearing Obama shoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not defined by liberal or conservative. I don't know what yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think just people can look at different, um, can look at different, you know, controversies or, or the, uh, or issues and, and, and come up with their own kind of ideas. And it's just, it's just kind of what fits them. You know, we definitely have the freedom to do that in this country. Sure. And, sure. Um, you know, I, we I have look a, at we the, have the freedom to elect a man that's never run a business, and never worked in any kind of. Sure. Uh, in any kind of job creation ability at all, and has kept the unemployment level with a whopping 8% since he begun his presidency. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, now I was, I was very, I was very, um, depressed when, when, when Mr. Obama won a second term. I was very depressed for, for about a week. I think um, I think the worst part about it to me was the alternative, um, you know, with Mitt Romney having have a history uh, with the bank capital uh, ordeal and shipping jobs overseas. I think that was the major reason why, even though I did vote for him, uh, that Obama was reelected because there's a lot of negative sentiment against him. But the alternative just wasn't wasn't yeah, good. Yeah, the, the the rich man that can create jobs that didn't take a paycheck the entire time he was governor of Massachusetts. Yeah, the the rich man who shipped, you know, how many jobs overseas as well? You know, this election, that election's over with, so, you know. And that that's where me and Adam come in and uh, say, why not just elect a third-party candidate? Everybody just yeah. forgets about him. I went to, I voted for Gary Johnson on the last one. Uh, we only have two choices here because that's what the television <laughs> tells us to do. We can only, we can only vote for uh, Obama or uh, Romney, that's it. Right. I, re I really supported. We had a, liber a libertarian candidate, and I, I don't know if you you remember a show we did with local politicians here in North Carolina on third on third rail radio. Yeah, I uh, think we had so. a guy named Mike Munger. I, I don't know if you caught that interview, but he's a professor of political science at Duke University here in North Carolina, and he was a libertarian. I mean, he was a not a libertarian. A um, um, oh, maybe it was libertarian. I'm trying to think what he was considered now. Um, but he, he was a third-party candidate, and he got a lot of support, um, and I, I, that's who I voted for. You know, I, I didn't, you know, I knew that he wouldn't win, but, you know, I, I, was, I was using my power in the ballot box. You know, and Trent right. voted for him. A lot of people we knew voted for him because we thought he could really do, he could clean it up, and that's what needed to happen. Um, currently now, North Carolina is controlled exclusively by Republicans, first time in in over a hundred years, the Republicans swept the, the House and, and the Senate in North Carolina. I mean, the Democrats have controlled it for over a hundred years. Now the Republicans control it, and we have a Republican governor, so something's going to get done, you know. Um, 
So I, I don't know. What, what are you guys? Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on the on the uh, health care reform and the uh, some of the states that are blocking the exchanges? Well, um, what I, what I think as far as the health care reform is, um, you know, I, I'll actually tell you, I I was actually um, not against the uh, a, a public option, um, but what I think what happened was was after the Republicans had. Uh, said that they didn't want to have the public option, I think what happened was, was that Obama then just kind of gave in to the insurance companies. So now, yeah. you know, the it, it was basically like a bailout to the insurance companies. So now they're going to make everybody, no matter what, have, you know, get uh, insurance, which I think, you know, forcing somebody to do something, it should just be, I think, totally against the Constitution. Yeah. But of course, you know the Supreme Court just um, voted it down. Well, or they didn't vote it down; they they upheld it actually. But uh, I, as far as the states, it will be interesting to see what happens now. Well, let they me just, just let me. Well, well, one, sorry, one thing that's happening too, and uh, is that you'll you, you're starting to see um, people get. Um, taken down from like 40 hours a week to like 25 to 30 hours a week so that th these companies don't have to pay into the into the healthcare well, see, system. They can't exactly do that. They can't cut someone's hours. Well, they're doing it. There. Um, I, I can't tell you though that you know I operate a business and that it, we are only hiring part-time now because yep, of all that's that. That's why. And that's, and that's their way around it. That's the loophole. I was totally in favor of a public option. I really don't feel like the healthcare law did enough. Yeah, I don't either. Well, I, I, I do have a full-time employee that I, I, you know, pay for the health care of that employee, and not because I was, you know, forced to do. It's just because it's something I thought that you know employers should do. Sure, uh, right. And that that's just me. I mean, uh, it, it's you know, and yeah, it does cost me money. It costs me a lot of money, but it's just one of those things that I think an employer should offer. Um, you know, but I don't think they should be forced to do it. Well. Well, here's here's the thing. This is by the numbers here. My my business last year made roughly seventy thousand dollars in net profit. Yeah. For each full time employee from twenty fourteen forward, right now we're looking at about eight thousand dollars in benefits per employee. That's expensive. That's per so year. That that's per year. Yeah. So that is completely it's it's out of the question. There's no way you know as uh, as a how business many employees do you have. Uh, right now, I have 14 employees. Okay, well, I don't think this applies to you until you have at least 50. Well, you well, he works for a large. He, yeah, he, he, I, he's a manager for a large, for like a restaurant for like yeah. a larger company. I, I operate. I operate my business, but there are people yeah. over me, and my corporation, you know, spans like 27 states. Yeah. So oh, they're okay, they're okay. definitely uh, they're definitely included in on this. Yeah. yeah. I got you. I got you. Okay, well, you know, I have a, a good friend of mine in South Carolina I've known for years. He operates a, a hospice uh, palliative care type of organization that's for-profit. And, he, you know, he told me flatly on the phone, he's got a couple of them right now, and, you know, the government, basically, I, I always joke with him about living on the government dole because that's who pays him, you know, the U.S. government. <laughs> but, uh, he, uh, you know, he said, I'm not going to, you know, I will not hire. He said, once I get to 49, he said, I stop. He said, I'm not going to do it. So, I mean, and you see, you know, Papa John's, you know, pizza, everybody got known up for because, you know, Papa John's, you know, wanted to start cutting hours and doing different things like that. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with it. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting to say the least. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of scary looking at it as a business operator how much how much the business is going to have to change, and then you know people are still going to be mandated to have insurance. So, what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I there's really there's too many loopholes. Now, I, will, I will say something. I think both <clears throat> all three of us can agree on is, is the fact that that you know I believe that we've got to stop spending you know money in Washington like like you know it's going out of style. We've got to we've got to cut. We've got to create a budget. And we've got to stick by it. And we, we can't let these people run around like they're kindergartners with credit cards, uh, because we're not going to have a future if we continue to print money and spend it like we did. I mean, we're, we're what, like sixteen trillion dollars in debt, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah. it's just insane. Yeah, and and the only reason we're allowed to print money like we do is because you know the government, the, the world governments trade in our currency, and that's the only reason we can print it, and that's why they can't. Uh, but I'm really afraid of you know, you know as much as uh, you know as much as I I, I love the Sasha Boren, uh, the Sasha Cohen films, you know like Borat and and uh, you guys seen The Dictator? Oh yeah, yeah, that's funny. Hilarious, man. hilarious. You know, uh, it's like when he's like I'm not a guy, you know. <laughs> he did the one line he says about uh, uh, owned by the Chinese. <laughs> I mean that's it's kind of what it's it's coming to. Uh, with Walmart, you know, Walmart seeing a slump in their in, in their sales, and, and they're probably going to be putting cheaper things on the shelves that are made in China or other places like that. It's just a it's a scary place to, to be sometimes. But I'll, I'll jump off the subject of politics and get into something more interesting with you guys, if you'd like. Sure. Well, I was going to ask you, just, you know, keep keeping on politics for a little bit, I was going to ask you about, the, you know, the foreign policy, like, you know, about Benghazi and all that, you know. What uh, what you think is going on there? Well, I think that you know, I think we're being lied to. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. And I think that the you know the Republicans are uh, the Republicans are having some trouble right now. And I think the main reason the Republicans are having trouble is because the media just refuses to report the truth. The media has always been you know in the bag for Obama. Always been in the tank for him. And he can't he can do no wrong. They'll never run a bad story about him. But anything the Republicans slips up on, they're going to run the story. You know, like my friend Dan that, that works for me, I told you, he said, uh, you know, he's like, well, Fox lies. I'm like, okay, well, tell me where or how. You know, <laughs> I mean, and, and don't base it on Bill O'Reilly or, or Sean Hannity or, or, you know, any of the other, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't base it on any of the entertainment portions of Fox News. I'm talking about just the news organization as a whole when they're running, like, you know, live news during the course of the day. You know, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, I think that... that Fox does tend to be more conservative, but I, I do feel that, that they report a lot of stories that, that you know, like, and, and you can't tell me that MSNBC is not the most liberal, um, you know, uh, television station on cable TV. Right. <laughs> well, here's, the, uh, here's what I have to say about that. I, I admire Fox News for their ability, because whether you like it or not, they put a conservative spin on every single thing they do. It doesn't matter what the news is. If... If, you know, if Obama drinks a Pepsi, then Obama declares war on Coke, according to Fox. You know? But, I mean, that, and that's just how it is. And that's just how it is. And I really feel like they've perfected this whole, I mean, just to be honest, from, from my perspective, you know, and again, I view MSNBC as the, as the liberal counterpart to Fox News. So keep the, that in mind. The Obama station. Right. So MSNBC. Right. But, but I feel like Fox News has turned what is, what is almost... 
especially from the people you told you said not to consider. Bill O'Reilly, Glenn Beck, Sean Hannity, those people, they've almost Glenn turned... Beck's got his own, Glenn Beck's got his own channel now, The Blaze, which I watch a lot. No, well, Glenn Beck's a whole nother story for me. But, uh, but awesome. I, I feel like I feel like they've taken they've taken what is almost a propaganda machine and perfected it, and they have they legitimately have. You got to remember, I, we didn't mention this, but I'm from rural Alabama originally, mm-hmm. so I have seen some of the most conservative, Obama hating people you have ever seen in your life. And uh, and and I'll go ahead and tell you they all they all watch it they all believe in it. You know, and MS, MSNBC has tried to do that from a liberal standpoint, but they obviously don't have, you know, the kind of base, the rabid base that Fox News does. So I admire them for their business model. But I Oh, yeah, they got like, a great business model. They get yeah. more viewers than any of the other cable news networks. Right, but I still feel like it's a bit of a propaganda machine. <laughs> I heard well, Obama kills babies. <laughs> <laughs> Politics. You feel sorely left out here. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, go ahead. Uh, Jay Scott, I wanted to talk to you too about, uh, you know, your any paranormal experiences that that you that you have had. Uh, you know, kind of turning away from politics, and go go to maybe more supernatural. Um, you know, have you ever um, had any like the experiences from the, that? deal with the stuff that you talked about on your show? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, one happened to us. Uh, I'm uh, sorry, I was getting a text message from Trent. It's okay. Uh, anyway, uh, the, uh, you know, you know the, the one thing that, that happened the night that we were out at the uh, Twin Lakes Lodge, I don't know if you heard that show, it was a two or three part show we did. We pulled an all-nighter there with uh, with one of the guys from Ghostly Cock and with uh, with uh, John Zaffis. And uh, we, we John flew in and we did an investigation there. Well, I didn't do any investigating. I don't I don't play with that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm the guy that when, <clears throat> as you know, I'm the guy that when the voice says "Get out," I'm like, "Okay, well, bye." <laughs> out the door, man. I'm gone. Ain't, ain't gonna, you know, hey, let's split up and check that out. You know, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm got to get out. <laughs> I'm the first one out the door. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the experience we had was uh, John Zappis and I were sitting in front of the fireplace, and it was, it was wintertime, so it was cold. There was a fire in the fireplace, and we were sitting there, and the VCR came on behind us by itself. No one had said it. At the same time the VCR came on by itself, an alarm clock started blaring music in the other room at exactly, I think it was exactly midnight. And no one had set the alarm. So we thought, you know, that was a little strange. Um, there was another one that involved uh, a dishwasher at my mother's house coming on by itself. But other than that, um, when I was there, it just magically came on and, yeah. Other than that, I haven't had any any real experiences that I can. Well, no, there's one more, and I, I try not to think about these things. That's why. <laughs> but I, yeah. uh, years ago, years ago, um, I was laying in my bed, 
and this was, gosh, I was probably in my 20s, early 20s maybe, maybe, uh, maybe even 19, um, I felt two hands on each of my calves, and I felt like I got jerked down in the bed. And so I laid completely still and pretended like I was asleep. <laughs> but uh, that's been the extent of my, uh, my paranormal, uh, nothing major, nothing, nothing crazy like you hear from some of these guys. Well, that's pretty really serious know. right there, getting yanked out of bed by a spirit. Yeah, well, that, that, that was, like said, that was kind of crazy. That's the only one that I could, but, and you know, I, honestly, to this day, I don't know if I was asleep and I dreamed that, or if, sure. it, you know, I can't really, I can't really mark that down and say that was really something that happened. I don't know. I think you had told me something about, uh, something with Joshua P. Warren that happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, well, maybe I do have more of these now that I'm thinking about this. <laughs> um, Joshua and I had, uh, had, had uh, I've investigated some stuff with him. We've seen we've seen things fall down and sit themselves back up. We saw it happen with a uh, a, re a recorder or a EMF meter. Um, it, it was sitting up on its base and it fell over and it stood itself right back up. And we've got that on tape. He's got that actually on tape. Um, we've seen orbs move in the camera. We've seen I mean, I've seen a lot of weird stuff with Josh. Josh is uh, Josh is really in tune. Uh, one time where it's pitch black and you know the batteries go dead and everything, and then you hear. Joshua, I'm like, oh God! <laughs> I mean, Joshua just detracts it. You know, he, he actually spent the night in the uh, in the uh, Myrtle's mansion. Yeah, and he's got he's got some clips of that on YouTube where stuff just started like banging around and the beating. Uh, I mean, Warren is uh, he's he's far more of a a uh, he's one of the types that wants to go investigate the noise, basically. And Warren's a good friend of mine. I've known Joshua for, oh, God, ages. I, I think yeah. I've known Joshua since I was 20, 21 years old. So, I mean, he's always been, been big into this stuff. You should get him on the show. Yeah, we had, uh, we had someone like his associate of his, uh, Micah Hanks. Yeah, Micah. We've, had, we've had him on the show a couple of times. I've hung out with Micah several times over at the radio, sh over at the radio station in Asheville, um, WWNC. Uh, Mike is a heck of a producer <clears throat> and a uh, great guy all around. Uh, couldn't find a better guy. He's actually the one that hooked me up with David Ferrant's information because... Oh, did he really? I got, yeah, I got Bishop Manchester, but I couldn't find out any way to get, get David Ferrant, and I found out he had been on their show, so we traded a couple guests. I gave them Raymond Moody, and they gave me... I think that's who I gave them. I don't know. We, we trade guests all the time, and but uh, I was like, yeah, you got the contact info for that guy? I need it, you know? <laughs> so... That's that's what happened with that. Yeah, Mike is a great guy. He uh he, he does an awesome Alex Jones impression, which we have all. <laughs> oh gosh, I've got to I've got to hear that. Yeah, it's on our last it's, yeah, it's on our perfect. last show. It's spotless, just spot on. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, you're, you're familiar I, I with Alex Jones, right, Jay Scott? Alex Jones has done some wild stuff too. I invited him on the show numerous times, and he oh, did you? You know, he never even responded back. I don't know if the email went into a junk box or what, but no, we invited him by email numerous times, and we could never get him. He was one that, one that we wanted, but we never, you know, could never get. Him. That's course, Chris's. Invited, that's Chris's we favorite. We invited Stephen King on too, but you know, yeah. <laughs> no surprise, we didn't get him either. Uh, you know. Luke, was there anything that you wanted to ask, man? Uh, well, unfortunately, I'm not really familiar with the show or anything. I mean, you know, you never played it in the office. I'm. Because it's all older. I mean, when, yeah. when did you say the show stopped again? Like 2008. Okay, yeah. 
So, I, you know, I've never heard it before or anything. Um, and, and our site's down as far as the, uh, the old links that we had on all the podcasts. They've taken that down. Yeah. You can still we, find them, I think, on... Uh, I think you can still find them on some of the podcast places or you might be able to find them on, uh, like, YouTube where someone's just took a picture of something and, you know, put our interviews up that way. But, yeah, yeah I need to really get those back up. It really is some classic stuff. I, I, what I remember just uh, around 2006 or so, I just remember just uh, sitting around and just, like, I would go to sleep listening to that show. And wow. It really quickly became, like, my favorite show. I, I'd listen to Ghostly Talk um, for about, probably about a year or so, and I remember that's where I heard you the first time. Was on, I think you were on Ghostly Talk with them as one of the guests. And, uh, and I checked out your show, and I started listening to it. So it kind of became... It's one of the templates for this show. So I want to thank you. Hey man, there's 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 nothing uh, nothing more flattering than that. I'll tell you that. That's uh, that's that's a big honor. It really yeah. is. I appreciate the compliment and and appreciate uh, what you're doing because you know people. It's not only the fun from you know from our end on, on what we get to see and what, who we get to talk to, but it's uh, you know it really educates people out there that that have no idea that some of this stuff's even you know, even exists, you know? <laughs> I think that's the importance of this, this kind of, um, podcast, you know, um, I don't know how many people heard you live, but I, I remember it just being very important, and I would listen live, but I remember yeah. just being very important that it, that it was a podcast, and that the material was there, and it was free to download, and Oh, yeah, we, that's, we, all, we all we did was spend money on that show, we never made any. Right, yeah, <laughs> I, I hear you, and, and, you know, through the problems and everything that, that, that you have. And we had a big problem last week. We're just some stupid, silly issue. But, you know, I think it's worth doing. And I've, I've gotten a lot of out of doing this show with these two guys. And, um, you know, I did, but, so I just wanted to thank you for, you know, uh, for, you know, helping inspire this show. Hey, that's, that's like I said, once again, it's, 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 a, it's a great honor. I appreciate the, uh, the compliment. And I, you know, I think, like I said, I've listened to some of your stuff on the on the web, and and it, it sounds good. And I, I hope you keep it up, and hopefully, uh, we'll get a chance to talk later again sometime. And maybe I can bring Trent on, or have Trent on by himself, or something like that. I think you'd like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we go with you, um, Jay Scott, I just wanted, you know, what what are you doing now? You know, what are your plans? Do you, any plans for the future, like a web presence that anybody could get in touch with you on? I'm uh, going to run for President of the United States. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to run on the 47% ticket. You know? <laughs> I'll vote for you. <laughs> I will too, man. I'll vote for you. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> Trent's going to be my vice presidential nominee. <laughs> my wife in the background, oh, Lord. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, you know, I... What I do now mainly that just uh, takes up most of my, my time is, you know, uh, I, I practice uh, criminal defense, and most of that's devoted to the uh, defense of drunk drivers. Um, the reason I do that is because I think it's probably one of the areas of law where the Constitution is most ignored. Hmm. It's become so politically, I mean, and don't get me wrong, I don't defend, you know, I, I'm not saying that, that people should drink and drive. I don't think they should. Right. But I don't think that the Constitution should be averted just because we want a conviction. 
and I see that happening every day in our court system. And, uh, you know, if they start taking one right away and just rubber stamping it, that's what they're going to do with every other right eventually. And I don't want to see that happen. Kind of what uh, gets you to elaborate on that a little bit, what is, what, what, what's, being, what's being taken away or what's being averted in, well, the, in those example, convictions? In, you know, in North Carolina, we, uh, we have a system to where, you know, these cases in a lot of, a lot of counties and a lot of times they'll, you know, they'll, they'll go out a year or sometimes two years or three years. And, you know, no one cares about a speedy trial and no one cares about a, you know, any kind of, you know, wait. The, the state, it's just a waiting game with the state, uh, especially if it's a blood case. They drew blood and the SBI lab hadn't come back with it yet. You're going to be waiting and waiting and waiting. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a game where, not really a game, but it's a, it, it's a process to where, you know, they'll get, you know, might get 10 or 11 or 12 continuances on a case. And that may put your client waiting for more than a year before they can get a trial, just yeah. because the state doesn't have what they need to, you know, to have the, you know, to, to get a conviction. Um, on the other hand, if I were to ask for that many continuances as a defense lawyer, you know, that wouldn't happen. And in any other case, in any other criminal case, that wouldn't happen. Hmm. There's always an, there's always an end, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But <clears throat> with these types of cases, it just seems to be a lot of times that it's just a convict as many as we can kind of attitude. And I think that's because of the pressure from Mothers Against Drunk Drivers and because of other organizations like that that have pressured society and made it so politically, um, such a political hot issue that I think that, you know, uh, you know, everyone's basically, the, the state can ignore certain things in order to get a, a desired result. Sure. But no, I mean, that's, that's, <clears throat> that's the majority of what I do. And, um, I hope to um, continue to do that and um, you know, hopefully build a larger practice and uh, you know, gain some more time when, once I have some employees that I can you know, send to court so I don't have to be there all the time. <laughs> so I spend a, lot of, uh, spend a lot of my time in courtrooms. That's mainly what I do. So I'm, I'm in court every day, and I'm in, in court for usually half the day, sometimes all day. So it's, uh, That's rough. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it's tough, but it's fun on some levels, and it's enjoyable. And on some levels, it's not enjoyable at all, and it makes you just want to wring your hands sometimes. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's a living. You know, I, I think if I'd had the choice, knowing what I know now, um, I don't think I would have went to law school. Hmm. And I don't, think, I don't think I would encourage anyone who's thinking about it to go. Because of the mountains of debt that happens, you know, after you graduate, and you know, the right. payment, that debt is just a tremendous, tremendous amount of money. Uh, it's more my 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 monthly payment to my student loans is more than my mortgage. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's for the next, uh, well, for half of it, or a little over half of it, I think that's for the next 14 years. So, and the other one's like 30 some years on the Fed loans. But uh, <laughs> yes, I mean, you're talking about quite a substantial amount of money and it's just uh you know and they're long hours and it's it's very um time consuming work and you're dealing with people's lives every day you know you're, you're really this is something that's very important this is the most important thing that's happening with this person is what you're there with them for and it can really uh, put a lot of stress on you so no i, I probably wouldn't do it again yeah well best of luck to you and all that definitely yeah. thank you and I, won't, I want to count on your, you guys' vote in uh, 20, 20 uh, 
16 when I wrote <laughs> Gotcha. Absolutely. We'll do it, man. Elect Jay Scott for president. <laughs> if, I can get the, if I can just get the nomination, I, I don't. <laughs> we'll run you. We'll run you on the world of the unexplained party. There we go. <laughs> but guys, I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun, and um, and I'll, I'll salute your listeners out there. If anyone wants to get in touch with me, um, they can still email world of the unexplained at gmail dot com. Uh, we check it from time to time, but we honestly don't check it. But maybe twice a month, but uh, yeah. we still do check it. So, absolutely. Uh, well, Jay Scott, stay in the line. We're going to close this section out, but uh, we'll right. chat a little bit. But uh, guys, we'll call it. We're going to we'll be back on Conspiranormal. All right, we're back on Conspiranormal. Chris, yeah, it was awesome to have you here tonight. Of course it is. It's always awesome whenever I'm here. That was a great, uh, that was a great exchange you had there. Yeah, with, yeah. Uh, I, enjoy, uh, I enjoy debating politics, politics and religion. You know, <laughs> the stuff that people usually stay away from. I'm all like, yeah, let's do this. I know, man. No, no problem with that. It makes a good show. Yeah, I think Luke was just about to like uh, go into a coma though. He had the spaghetti before the show, oh, so no, I'd, I was in a food coma. I went and took care of that with your great facilities. Uh, and yeah, uh, <laughs> that's, nobody wants to know that, man. <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to know about your gastrointestinal problems. I put it in the most polite way possible. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so I wanted to talk about a little bit. Uh, last night was the premiere of Ghostland, Tennessee which is the show that the Tennessee Wraith Chasers are on. And in October, we had Doogie and Chris from the Tennessee Wraith Chasers. Uh, I reposted that back on my Facebook page today. And I believe it's show number, I think it's show number 14, I believe. And so anybody can look that up. Uh, I don't think any of you guys have seen the show. But uh, it was a good show. Um, I thought it captured the uh, the guy's personality pretty well. Uh, you know, I was kind of afraid that uh, it being called Ghostland, Tennessee, they were going to make him look like some real, you know, hillbilly rednecks. No, and, that, uh, that, would, mockery, that would only yeah. be that would only be if it was Ghostland, Alabama. Ghostland, <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> Ghostland, Gadsden, yeah. And uh, but uh, it was uh, but it was good. I thought it was pretty fair. Um, you know, they had some interesting things. They used a devil's box in it, which is supposedly this thing that can capture ghosts. It's like a box with a whole bunch of mirrors in it. And uh, they said that they heard tapping inside the inside of it. Uh, they said that that reaction was real. It wasn't something that was done for the camera. Uh, this is just the pilot episode. Uh, so if anybody, you know, has a chance to catch it, it is on uh, Animal Planet. So whatever listing that is, yeah. I don't know how it fits in with animals, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, okay. It's a, a lot I think of animals don't really fit in with animals. Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, there is a dog in it. I, I know that's, you know, as far as I know, you know, pe- people are animals, right? You know, so oh, uh, I, I don't know. But uh, so everybody has a chance to catch that, you know, watch it, uh, go back and listen to the podcast. We actually had uh, actually had the chance to go ghost hunt with those guys uh, two or three weeks ago, and uh, it was a great experience. We didn't find too much. We were at kind of like this uh, supposedly haunted bus location, and uh, Prime was there. He was in his lab coat. 
<laughs> he brought in his uh, his uh, star remote viewers and uh, did some some experimenting on uh, remote viewing and uh, with ghosts, which oh, uh, I can say was pretty interesting. And Chris I, laughed at me that I was going ghost hunting. Uh, you know what? Him. I had to cover your shift that day. So maybe, <laughs> uh, back to the whole Animal Planet thing. That makes about as much sense as like if Star Trek was on the History Channel. I mean... Well, Ancient Aliens is on the History Channel, well, so how's that? Touche. <laughs> Touche on that one. Back to Ancient Aliens. Man, Ancient Aliens. Yeah, we so, just don't need to talk about that anymore. That's, uh, that show is all real. Everything on it is 100% yep. proven fact. Yep. Right, and then long ago in a galaxy far, far away, that stuff really happened too. Hey, it could have. You never know, man. <laughs> it was just aliens. Han Solo, Han Solo doesn't, doesn't think. He just shoots. Uh, this is the first show we've done in a while. And we actually did a show about uh, two weeks ago, I believe, Luke. Yeah. We had Russ Dizdar on. It was an interview that I was really looking forward to. It was a really great interview. Unfortunately, uh, no one will get to hear it. At least not that one. If we can ever get him back on, I'll have him back on and we'll redo the interview. But uh, the, the program that I used to record Skype, Powergrammo, decided it wanted an update. And instead of actually properly working like most programs do before you update them, uh... This one decided not to work. So you can only hear mine and Luke's side of the conversation. <laughs> and nothing from Russ. Super exciting. Yeah. So, uh, did you I'm, ask it nicely? Well, did you ask it nicely to work? Please? Yeah, I did. And then once, no. I, once I updated it, it worked. So, you just had to give it what it wanted. It just wanted candy. Yeah, that's, that's right. Wanted. Just wanted candy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, next week... And we're going to be back here next week. Next week? Next Monday. Uh, we're going to have an interesting guest. I think this is one that you both will enjoy. His name is Doc Marquis. And Doc Marquis supposedly is a former Illuminati witch. Oh, oh yes. This should be an interesting one. Can I, can we like, is this going to be Skype or can I like bring this guy in with a case of beer and just see what happens? This, uh, this will be Skype. Oh man! So there's no, it's not going to be live in the studio. One of these days, he's... you're just going to let me. You're just going to like bring some guests in. Hold I'm on, some beer. Define Illuminati witch for me. Well, supposedly he was in the Illuminati, or at least a cult that called itself the Illuminati, and they worshipped Lucifer, and they were uh, infiltrating the um, United States Army, I believe, and he found Jesus. And now he goes around on the Christian circuit talking about how he's uh, he was a former Illuminati witch. Why would you say uh, witch instead of wizard? He says witch. That's what he says. I don't know. You'd have to ask him. Yeah, we'll ask him. We'll ask him. He also talks about the Illuminati cards, which is something that I'm sure you're interested oh, yeah. in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the cards that supposedly predict everything that's well, ever going to happen? Yeah, I've, I've read all about them, but... Um... Yeah, to see, see his side of the story. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I've seen his presentation at a conference, and uh, uh, it, it is interesting. I know, the, I know the history of the Illuminati cards, though, so to me it's not that, uh, you know, and you could ask, probably ask Adam Go rightly about this. Is, I think they're pretty tongue-in-cheek, so I'm pretty doubtful that they actually have any bearing. Well, now let's hear what the guys actually got. No, we're to gonna say hear. It. Yeah, we yeah we are. I don't we know, are. but the, see, but see, we're gonna let we're gonna we're gonna let him say what what uh, what he's gonna say. 
don't know, man. I, I could see the things on those cards coming true. Yeah, there's some weird stuff, right? Like, there's one that uh, looks like Obama. Yeah, it looks just like him. And these these are from 1995. Yeah, they're in the mid-90s. Uh, it depicts a black president getting things thrown at him while he's talking behind a podium. <laughs> and, uh, I, I mean, it, the resemblance is crazy with the illustration, dude. A bunch of guys wearing Obama, Obama shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing stuff at him. Get my Obama phone. But, I wish uh, I had a free phone. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. would be nice. But, yeah, well, I want to thank you guys for coming, and especially you, Chris, for coming out tonight. You know, we've we've missed you, man. Right. Well, you know, with the new job and everything, it's just been about, you know, getting my schedule situated. Now, yep. he, now he's the Pizza Hut master. Yep. Yep. He is the master. Got my own, got my own place. And congratulations about Muchas that. Muchas gracias, senor. Congratulations. Um... We'll be back next week uh, for more Conspiranormal. Oh, and we're also on uh, iTunes now, so uh, check us out on, on that. So go download that. Yeah, go, go download it, and uh, much more easier, because uh, as I've been told, as I've heard, you know, unless you're on iTunes, you don't exist as a podcast. Unfortunately, so that's that's the way like, it is. We spent forever now yeah. not existing. Well, there's all, the, <laughs> there's all the other shows. There's like 21 other shows that are on there, so... This will be the first new one when this one gets posted. This will be the first new one on there. So, if anybody doesn't have anything to add, I think we're just going to go ahead and call it a night. Fine. <laughs> Cricket sounds. All right. Well, <laughs> join us next week. We're going to have Doc Marquis on. And uh, join us again next week on Conspiranormal. Me vodka and fuego. Obama. You got Obama phone? Yes, everybody in Cleveland.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.